We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. The offseason is here for the Chicago Bears as the NFL playoffs roll on, and we got some news on Monday morning that the Bears are getting set to hire Shane Waldron as offensive coordinator to replace Luke Getze has not been officially announced by the Bears. Multiple reports in people inside Alice Hall, the national media are confirming it. And it looks like Waldron will be the next offensive coordinator. We're going to give our quick thoughts on it, what it means for the Bears, maybe a little prediction on his coaching staff and all that good stuff. Let me welcome in my co-host, Aaron Lemming. Aaron, you're uh, actually out, you know, traveling right now a little bit. Um, but yeah. Bears news, man. Kind of, uh, kind of fun, but um, at the same time, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the thing. We're we're to that point in the season or this season, the off season, because it is the off season for the Bears, where you know we we basically have the conference championships coming up this weekend, and then the one break, and then the Super Bowl, and then two. What is it? Two weeks after that, or whatever, the combine, and then free agency shortly after. So, I mean, we have pretty much like a month and a half of a whole lot of nothing, you know, for the most part. So got to take advantage um, when things go. I mean, we should get, I would imagine we'll get some sort of word on defensive coordinator, I would guess within the next week or so. But, you know, we also, we have a, there's going to be a decent amount of movement on, you know, the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they kept what their tight ends coach, their offensive line coach. And I want to say they kept their assistant offensive line coach. And I honestly wouldn't shock me if he ends up somewhere else. So it's like, I mean, they very well could be hiring for basically every position under the sun. And they could also choose to, depending on what goes on, um, they could choose to kind of like rework this coaching staff. I mean, it could be, you could see basically Shane Waldron as the offensive coordinator. You could see a quarterback's coach. Um, you could see a passing game coordinator, a run game coordinator. I mean, they they interviewed some really interesting names. I mean, we really haven't had a podcast since they started the interview process with the names. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think because a lot of the guys that they interviewed, I mean, obviously I wouldn't expect like a Liam Cohen or, uh, you know, even like a Zach Robinson or, you know, 
any of those level of names, Clint Kubiak, but you could see a Thomas Brown come in and be like the running back coach or, you know, whatever, like th- those kind of guys, like uh, Greg Olson could be the, you know, the, 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 the quarterback's coach. Like the, they have a lot of different ways that they can go right now. Um, and I don't know about you, man. Like, again, you know, like you said, I've been traveling. Um, I'm not even in Texas right now. So it's been kind of a hectic weekend and this is going to be a hectic week for me. But from what I've seen, it seems like people are like weirdly low on the hire. Now, I'm not going to say that this is like the greatest thing, you know, ever. But I, I do think out of the names that they hired, the names available to them overall, I don't know that they could have done much better. And it seems like there's a lot of people saying, you know, same old bears or an underwhelming hire. And it's like, but how is it the same old bears? Because I feel like had, let's just say they went out and they hired Zach Robinson, like Zach Robinson would be essentially what Luke Getze was. I mean, Luke Getze had some play calling experience, uh, but no NFL play calling experience. So it's like you bring in a guy like Zach Robinson and he's never called plays. I mean, he was working with PFF back in like 2019. And that's when he got hired by the Rams. Like he's not even their offensive coordinator. And again, that's not to slam him. That's not to say he's a bad candidate, but it's like, you start talking about some of these other names that they've had and it's either they've failed at one or two stops or they have no, you know, minimal to no experience. And then you have a guy like Shane Waldron who has been pretty damn successful the last three years. He's, you know, he turned around Geno Smith's career. He got pretty decent production in the time that he had Drew Locke. He got good production when Russell Wilson was healthy before he got traded, you know, after 2021. And if you look at like the, you know, the overall EPA numbers and you look at the overall, um, you know, uh, uh, man, I, I want to call it war, but I know it's not war. DVOA, there we go. If you look at those kind of numbers, like, yeah, maybe it's not like the greatest thing in the world, but with offensive coaches being in the, you know, in the now and in the one, everybody wants the next hot offensive coach. I mean, the fact that they were able to get somebody that had, you know, offensive DVOA is ranking anywhere from 12 to 16 over a three-year period. I, I would say that's pretty damn good. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is the Bears had nine candidates. Um, they were turned down for Kellen Moore on Sunday. And Waldron was the first candidate. And, you know, as the candidates kind of sprinkled out over the, the, the days that they were performing this search, you know, it kind of felt like Waldron was going to be the guy. He was going to be the best available for them. Now, there were some, you know, intriguing names. You know, Zach Robinson was on there. Um Cliff Kingsbury, which, you know, may have just been a little more to get insight and kill Williams. You know, Clint Kubiak was on there. Liam Cohen, um, the, the Kentucky Wildcats coach, was on there. But it just kind of felt like Waldron was a guy, and it kind of felt like the Bears were just, you know, had, had a certain type for this job. And it was pretty much anyone under McVay, anyone under Kyle Shanahan um, was going to get consideration. It was probably going to be, you know, the top of the list. And when they started kind of, you know, making the trips out West, because they did a lot of the interviews on the West Coast where a lot of these candidates were, it kind of felt like as the names were coming out, it was, you know, okay, another Shanahan guy, another McVeigh guy, but they weren't as strong as Waldron. Like, you know, Zach Robinson's probably a guy that, you know, is going to be an up-and-coming coach, but you're not ready to take a shot on him just yet. You know, Cliff Kingsbury, like I said, maybe more of just the, the Caleb Williams information type thing. And it also really didn't make a lot of sense to hire someone like Cliff Kingsbury, um, you know, to kind of put a little more pressure on Matt 
Eberflus, if that kind of makes sense, um, as an easy replacement. You know, Thomas Brown was was another one out there um, as a name. So, yeah, it, it's it, – to me, it's not – like, I don't think it's a terrible hire. To I don't think it's, like, a slam dunk, like, you know, this offense is going to be automatically improved. But I also don't think it's, you know, same old Bears type situation like you were seeing. I just – you know, I think they went with the hire that was probably their best fit, the hire that, you know, could work with either Justin Fields or work with a rookie quarterback. It didn't really matter. And, you know, a, a hire that has experience with an offense that, you know, Geno Smith had a big year a couple of years ago. Um, you know, they had talent, DK Metcalf, Kenneth Walker. And, you know, people want to point out the stats this year. You know, I believe they're like 16th, 17th in points per game. They were – you know, in the low 20s and yards per game. They also, you know, we got to remember, they also missed Geno Smith for a few games. They also missed Kenneth Walker for a few games. I don't think that drastically changes anything, but, you know, Waldron still kind of got the most out of what he could with with the roster, you know, as it was. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, like I don't think it's same old Bears type thing. I also don't think it's like a slam dunk. Like I'm super, super jacked where I do think they'll be better, in my opinion. You know, the other thing, though, is, like, it's been kind of a constant the past couple of weeks. It's like, well, you know, they interview, um, you know, someone like Waldron, and it leans towards Justin Fields. They interview Kingsbury, and it leans towards Caleb Williams. Then today, it's, you know, oh, it's this, it's that. It's just, I, honestly, I think you feel the same way. Like, this hire doesn't point to one thing or the other, like, in any direction in terms of their quarterback. And, you know, the, the quarterback was obviously brought up in the interview process. Like they're, they're going to talk to these candidates about the quarterback, but they're not going to sit here and literally say, yeah, yeah, you know, we're taking Caleb Williams or we're, we're keeping Justin Fields. Now, you know, Waldron's obviously going to be in those conversations moving forward, man, this January 22nd, like there's a lot of time between now and when the bears are going to make their decision. Well, and that's kind of the thing, right? Is like, and, and we talked about this after the press conference, you know, when they announced Eberflus was coming back and that they fired Luke Getzey and all that stuff. And it was kind of the same concept of like, if you believe that the Bears are keeping Justin Fields, you're going to find reasons within what they said in the press conference for why they're going to keep Justin Fields. If you believe that they're going to draft Caleb Williams or a quarterback number one overall, you're going to find things in there that confirm your belief that they are going to draft the quarterback number one overall. And it's the same exact thing for this offensive coordinator hire. And it's like, I mean, if you just go back and, you know, you look at these names, I'm just going to read off these names. So Shane Waldron, Clint Kubiak, Liam Cohen, um, Thomas Brown, um, Zach Robinson, were all basically of the same Shanahan style tree uh greg roman was one in his own greg olson kind of fits in a little bit with the i guess you could say with the 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 shanahan tree whatever uh, marcus brady um was definitely more of the kansas city style like the andy reed style one and then you know cliff kingsbury runs the spread offense i mean that i'll be honest that was like far and away my least favorite candidate. And I know people think I'm crazy for that. I dude, I'm sorry. I don't buy the hype with, with uh, Cliff Kingsbury. I think that there's something to be said. I know people point out the numbers that USC's offense numbers were better this year. If you watch USC this year, if you talk to anybody who breaks down film that actually, you know, watch this team the last few years, or even Lincoln Riley's offense at Oklahoma versus what they did this year, 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It was a mess, man. Like, I don't care what the numbers say. It was a mess. Like, it, it, the, schematically, it was off. Um, there were a lot of receivers running similar routes. Like, there were a lot of route concepts that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, even looking at Cliff Kingsbury's numbers at Arizona, I mean, if, if you listen to people talk about Cliff Kingsbury's offense, you know, with the Cardinals, you would have thought that they were top five every year. They weren't. They weren't even close. They, they weren't. Like, if you look at their overall numbers, they were in the top 10, like, one time in a few different metrics, and that was it. I mean, they were they were never a consistently top five to top 10 offense. So, And it's one of those things where towards the end it started kind of getting figured out. So it's one of those situations where you look at it and, you know, you can confirm whatever bias you have right now by this move. Like, you can simply say, like, if you, if you think that they're keeping Justin Fields, you can say, well, they're keeping the same offensive play. So, yeah, well, the terminology may change a little bit. And, well, some of the influence may change a little bit. This is still an offense that Justin Fields is going to know, and he's not going to have to go out and learn another one. Or if you're on the other side of it with Caleb Williams, you can simply say, well, you know, Caleb Williams, is, this is something I tweeted about. Caleb Williams uh, is training uh, with the QB collective right now, which is out of the Shanahan style offense. Um, frankly, if you watch him play, not just watch highlights or listen to what people say, regurgitate the same crap. If you actually listen, or if you actually watch him play, you'll know that he's a good fit for this offense. Like he really is like the Shanahan style offense with getting the ball out quick. People can recite the time to throw all they want. But if you actually watch Caleb Williams on quick passes, whether that's screens, whether that's just simply getting the ball out, he's really good at it. So regardless of how you want to cut it, regardless of how you feel, you can confirm your beliefs off of this. You can confirm your beliefs off of the press conference. The reality of it is we are no closer to knowing what is going on. And we're probably not going to know until I would guess after the combine, at least to know what, you know, what's going on right now. And, 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 you know, I'm fine with that because again, like the bears have a lot of other things that they need to address. I mean, we talked about, you know, the rest of the offensive staff, they need to get a defensive coordinator in place. They need to figure out what they're going to be doing in free agency, because while they have a good amount of space, it's going to be nowhere near last year, but they also don't have as many needs. So they need to figure out, what are they going to do with Jalen Johnson? Um, I think Darnell Mooney's gone. You know, what are they going to do with guys like, you know, Robert Tunyon and Justin Jones? Justin Jones came on at the end of the year. I mean, is that somebody that they want to keep in the three-tech position or do they want to go out and target another three-tech and spend big money there? What are they going to do at center? You know, what are they going to do at, you know, wide receiver two and three? You know, uh, dude, there's a lot of different decisions that they have to make defensive end. I mean, we, 
for as much as we want to focus on the quarterback situation, and again, I've I I haven't paid as much attention to Twitter as I normally do. Uh, but when I did log on to Twitter during the playoffs, it was the same stuff. It was the you know again you know you had the the one crowd that's pro Justin Fields that you know you, you say well you know look at what Lamar Jackson did. They won the playoff game, but he threw for 150 some odd yards and you know rushed for 100 and they won the game. You know, and you can use that as a pro for Justin Fields. And then you had the other one saying well. You know, look at all the elite quarterbacks that went out and won games, you know, with Patrick Mahomes and all that. And it's like, dude, I mean, again, like there's an argument for both sides. I've purposely been relatively mum on the situation just because like really what what this comes down to. And I don't really know how else to say this without being as blunt as possible. Our feelings as fans do not matter in the situation one iota. I mean, they really don't. Like, we can all have our opinions. We can be as militant as we want to be. We can believe that we know what's going to happen. We can believe that we have this inside information. We can believe whatever the hell we want. But none of it matters because at the end of the day, the Bears are either going to sit there at one and they're going to take Caleb Williams or they're going to take Drake May or maybe Jaden Daniels, or they're going to come out of the combine and they're going to work on trading that pick and they're going to get a haul. Either way, in my personal opinion, and I know some people are going to disagree with this, in my personal opinion, the Bears are in a fantastic position right now, man. Like, they either keep the quarterback that I I think most Bears fans love, whether you think he's a part of the future or not. I think most Bears fans can, can still admit that they really like him as a person and really like the ceiling that he has, or you're in a spot to move on and take whatever quarterback you feel is the best quarterback at number one. Like it's a great position for the bears to be in. And it's like, if they keep Justin Fields, they can build a team or, you know, build a team more around him. But I also think that there's this narrative going around that if the bears take Caleb Williams at one or whatever quarterback at one, like all of a sudden that just ruins everything else. And they're not going to be able to improve their team as much. Do they still have plenty of flex, uh, uh, cap flexibility this offseason. They still have number nine overall. They still, if they trade, like if they if they take a quarterback number one overall, they're going to trade Justin Fields. They'll probably get a number, you know, a second, second round pick, if not more, whatever the case may be. Like either way, regardless of what position they go with the quarterback, they're in a good spot. And, and it's one of those things where, I dude, I'm I'm not happy that they they kept Matt Eberflus. It is what it is. You got to move on at this point. Like if if the defense can continue to play at a high level and they can go out and they can add some more pieces, they can add some more pieces offensively, and their quarterback position can play better next year under a better offensive mind. Like there's no reason, rookie quarterback or not, why this team can't be pushing nine or ten wins and pushing for a wild card spot next year. It just feels like we're so obsessed with what's going to happen with the quarterback position. Like we're not really properly appreciating one that the bears are getting better, that the bears are in a better position, but we're also not properly appreciating the fact that the bears have the first overall pick for the second year in a row or sitting in a great position where we should be enjoying what's coming up in the offseason. We should be looking forward to what's going to happen. And yet it's just constant infighting, constant debates, constant, you know, conspiracy theories. I just, I don't understand it. The, the 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 most like obscure one to me that I saw was taking the victory lap when CJ Stroud and the Texans lost to the, the, the Ravens. Like there was, you know, Bears fans who probably leaned the side of keeping Justin Fields that were just like taking the victory lap on Stroud. Like rookie quarterback has won as many games as the Bears have in the playoffs since 2011. 
Like, what are we doing here? But, yeah, it, it's going to continue on, man. But, you know, the Bears are in a situation where it's like when you compare the two, obviously the two biggest options they have, trading Justin Fields, um, drafting Caleb Williams, or keeping Justin Fields, trading the number one pick, getting a haul. Like, I feel like if you're – you know, on the side of keeping Justin Fields, you know, your argument is, well, you get, you get the big haul, you can build, you can use all these assets. That's true. But I also feel like their argument is, you know, you're not going to have those assets. They still have assets to improve the team rep, Caleb Williams or whatever quarterback they draft. Like they'll still have number nine, unless they trade out of it and pick up more picks. They'll have the pick from they get from Justin Fields. They'll have what, I mean, close to 60 million, something like that in cap space. They'll have a healthy cap situation they can always improve their team through free agency, through trades, all that stuff. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't improve that team because you don't have, you know, all those picks and everything like that. And it's kind of funny because it feels like the same people are saying that are the same ones are saying, well, the Bears are close to being in the playoffs and they're close to having a playoff roster. And they equate that to keeping Justin Fields, but then don't equate that when, you know, comparing it to Caleb Williams. So it kind of doesn't really make any sense to me, but I, you know, I do think like the way they're going right now, they're trending in the right direction um, in terms of this offense. But, you know, it's a very important hire. Like this is one of the biggest hires, if not the biggest hire for the Bears in the last 10 years. Like they made their bed with Matty Rufus. They decided to go another year with him. And when they did that, it made the offensive coordinator hire a, a huge hire. It made it just like a, a critical, critical, critical higher for this franchise like they have to get this right and I don't know if they if they did or not well time will tell but you know I do think like I said Waldron was probably the best fit um but yeah you know in terms of offensive style Aaron what do you think you know or what can you tell the listeners that Waldron will bring or what do you expect you know the fit to be here with the Bears Mother's Day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, I mean, I think I think we're going to see somewhat of a similar offense, right? I mean, it, it's going to be the Shanahan style. It's going to be West Coast. Um, you know, really, if Justin Fields is a quarterback, they really need to work on his release because, I mean, this is a this is going to be a timing based offense. And for as much as people want to, you know, shit all over guys like Brock Purdy, and yeah, he wasn't great in the playoff game um, this last week. I mean. The reality of it is the reason that he's been so successful and the reason that he was in the MVP conversation is because he's able to get the ball out quick and he's able to make quick decisions. And like like I said, a lot of this is timing based. I mean, if you go back, like for as much as people want to trash Luke Getze for the screen game last year, like if you go back and you watch the teams that are good at screens, a lot of it is timing based. A lot of it is, you know, keeping your drop to where it needs to be as a quarterback, you know, and that's been one of Justin Fields biggest issues, at least in my opinion is dude, he draw his drops are so deep. And it's one of those things where that alone can affect the timing, like simply thinking for a split second, instead of throwing the ball can be the difference between a screen 
working and looking like a brilliant play call and the screen getting blown up and losing four or five yards and the fan base losing their mind. And that's kind of the thing where it's kind of like the same thing I was talking about earlier where on Twitter, where it's like, you know, like, you know, the Seattle fans are basically celebrating Shane Waldron leaving. And, you know, some of these riders have weird stuff to say, but it's like at the same time, like out of any coach, you know, any coaching spot that's not the head coach on the field, like offensive coordinator is always going to be the most polarizing because you're going to love them when the offense is working and you're going to hate them when the offense isn't working. So, you know, I it'll be interesting to see. Um, they definitely have some creativity in the run game. I think one of the big things is his early down success is something to like. His late down success on third and fourth down definitely needs to be improved and you know, I, I think that the creativity is there. I think it's just more of the nuance within the play calling that needs to kind of change. But his ability to adjust, and that's something that we've seen, you know, with Luke Getze, his inability to adjust, you know, and that's one of the things that they talked about in that press conference was they want somebody who can, you know, go in and in-game be able to adjust the game plan and not just be outcoached. And I think that there are enough things – on tape over these last three years with Seattle where you can confidently look and say, yeah, are there ways that he needs to improve? Well, absolutely. Because I mean, let's be real. Like if Shane Waldron was one of the top offensive coordinators in the league, Shane Waldron would have a head coaching job right now, or he would be waiting to see if he was going to get a head coaching job. And he, he, he didn't get any looks, right? He only no, he got didn't. the saints offensive coordinator look or something like that. Was he that- got the saints. And then I want to say the Raiders were going to bring him in for an interview, but he got no head coaching looks. So, yeah. but I mean, at the same time, it's, it, it's a situation where it's like, it almost feel to me, it almost feels like we went from such low expectations to, they started like bringing in some of the names that they, they brought in and there's nothing wrong with having a preferred, you know, name or two. There's nothing wrong with that at all, but it feels like we went from, this is going to be Frank Reich, or this is going to be you know, basically some guy that got fired or whatever, whatever the case may be, because this job isn't going to be, you know, this this job isn't going to be attractive to we started seeing some of the names out there. And all of a sudden, I think people started maybe getting a little too, I don't know if I'd say optimistic, too high hope. I don't know what the, I don't know. It just feels like the the, the overall expectations kind of rose over the last week or so. I It's just... It's a weird thing because I'm not going to sit here and say that Shane Waldron's 100% going to work out and that was the best possible hire they could have made. I do think it was one of the best possible hires that they could make. I do think it's going to work out. But, I mean, it's all subjective. I mean, I think the majority of Bears fans felt pretty good about Luke Getze when he came in too. And I think that we quickly learned with him that what he said he was going to do and what he actually did were two very different things, which is also why I think having a guy like like Waldron is is a big deal because he has call plays. He does have the experience. He does have experience developing a quarterback, even if it's Geno Smith in his 30s, where there's there's enough to go on there where you have to feel good. But again, I mean there's still they got a quarterback a quarterback coach to hire. They got a receivers coach to hire, which is going to be big because if you've watched any of Green Bay over the last let's just say eight weeks of the season and you see what that group has done with those receivers, all things considered, it's pretty damn impressive, man. They had, you know, they had, uh, they had Jaden Reed contributing, uh, you know, it, Romeo Dobbs was a mid round pick. They had him, you know, had him playing at a pretty high level. They had Wicks contributing. They had Bo Melton 
contributing for God's sakes. Like they had, I mean, they had guys all over the roster. So it, this is one of those things where even with the running backs, with the running back coach, it, when uh, David Walker ended up getting dismissed, like the blocking, the pass blocking with the running backs just, just took a complete dive. So it's, it's stuff like that where like there are still important hires to be made and it just, I don't know, man, it, it just feels like, and I get it. Like people are disappointed. They kept, they kept Matty Reflues with all these head coach, head, head coaching candidates out there. Like I understand everybody's on edge with the quarterback decision, but it feels like we can take the negative and still look at some of the other situations and be objective with them. And also with that being said, not make too much of a determination without seeing what else is going to be brought in around them. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much, so much still left to be, you know, revealed. And, and obviously the biggest thing will be the quarterback decision. And, you know, but the higher to me signals, you know, I, I think Waldron could coach either one of them. I don't think it's a big deal. You know, I don't think, like I said, I don't think it like leans one way or the other. He, he He's he's a, he's a solid enough coach where I, I think that the Bears believe, you know, if, if it is Caleb Williams, he can come in and, and, and help coach a rookie that's you know probably gonna need some help early on in his career but he can also potentially elevate justin fields game and maybe take justin fields to the next level if the bears decide to go that route so yeah i mean it, it it's a hire it's um the other offensive coordinator i'm looking forward to seeing who's going to be on staff because you know the bears did keep chris morgan the offensive line coach they did keep the tight ends coach uh, jim dre they never really you know went into full details on why they did keep those two. And, and, you know, I always thought it was going to be a little interesting with that dynamic because now you're telling coordinators like, yeah, we already have an offensive line coach we love that's going to stay. We have a tight ends coach that we love that's going to stay. You know, instead of the offensive coordinator coming in and, and bringing in his own guys, which is usually the case, you know, when there is a new hire. So it'll be interesting to see how they mesh together, um, who else he brings in. You know, um, obviously Greg Olson was there in Seattle and, you know, maybe a candidate to come in. There's a couple other names that were kind of floating out there on the internet today. But yeah, I'll be curious to see what, you know, what Waldron does in terms of his staff and, you know, the input he'll have on this quarterback decision. And, and like I said, man, we still have ways to go, but kind of feels like the first, um, you know, dominoes kind of started to fall and now things can really get going here in the off season. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think too, I mean, just kind of going back to, you know, them keeping Chris Morgan, I, I think that that should have been the first sign that they were probably going to stick with a similar offensive scheme. And that's like, I, again, I get why they interviewed some of these outliers like Greg Roman. And I know people think I'm crazy for not thinking I've dude, I thought Greg Roman and Cliff Kingsbury, and I know these are popular names. I thought those were the two worst hires they could have made. I really do. I think Greg Roman, okay, cool. He can scheme up a great run game. You want to bring him in as the run game coordinator? Cool, do that. But as far as an offensive coordinator, it's like people could say, well, Lamar Jackson won you know, MVP his second year. It's like, yeah, but he's also a much more complete quarterback this year in year one and is going to win MVP again as a much better quarterback this year. It's like, you know, we've already talked about the Cliff Kingsbury thing. So I think it – to me, it seemed like keeping Chris Morgan and even to a certain extent, uh, Jim Dre, because I think that those two, uh, you know, coordinated the run game the way that they did. And you obviously need to marry the blocking scheme with the offensive coordinator. And 
like you pointed out, I mean, luckily it didn't end up really impacting their ability, at least that we know of, to be able to hire a quality candidate. And I would say that Shane Waldron's absolutely a quality candidate. Um, and it just kind of feels like they went high floor. And and obviously, you know, we still we still have some of these offensive minds to, you know, kind of look at as far as like who else is going to be on staff. If I had to guess right now, I would guess, and I don't know how you feel, I would guess at least one, if not two of those guys that they interviewed will be on the staff. I would guess Greg Olson feels like a pretty good bet for quarterback. That's, that's the one I would say. Yep. And I, I feel like maybe Thomas Brown could make some sense too. And, and the thing is, and I know some people are kind of wondering like why I was so low on Thomas Brown. My, my thing with Thomas Brown is this, if, if this was last year, he was a hot he was a hot candidate there's no there's no debating that but a year removed fair or not a year removed from him having a decent sized hand considering he was the offensive coordinator that called plays off and on throughout the year having a hand in destroying the development of Bryce Young that's just not so I'm sorry that's just not something that you can sell to me because it doesn't matter if it's Caleb Williams Drake May or Justin Fields you're talking about quarterback development one way or another because you're either keeping Justin Fields hoping that he's going to take a sizable step forward in year four or you're drafting Caleb Williams or Drake May and hoping that one of those two is going to end up being your franchise quarterback, but you need to be able to develop them. So I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I feel like the 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 hire was a little bit more nuanced than people wanted to admit. And while the name value with some of those guys may have made some sense, I do think that when it came down to it, at least in my opinion, like looking at those names, it felt like Shane Waldron, Liam Cohen, um, Clint Kubiak, and uh, and what's his name, uh, Cliff Kingsbury were like the four actual true offensive coordinator names. And I'm still not convinced that Kingsbury was any more than you know a way for them to kind of get a, a better scouting report on on Caleb Williams at this point. Yeah, and you know the time was Brown. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. That was like a situation where it was just kind of a put-together staff almost, right, in like Carolina where it was just kind of like there wasn't a lot of connections. Or am I wrong? Are you talking about with, with Frank Reichs? Yeah, yeah. Like was it oh, like no, – no, yeah, no, no, He was – dude, that was that was billed as like a crazy good staff. Like what? Frank Maybe Reich, I read it wrong. I thought – I swear Reich I saw something. Pick. No, Frank Reich handpicked Thomas Brown from the McVay tree. Like Thomas Brown was like the the next up and coming. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I meant. Like it, he didn't have a connection to Frank Reich. Yeah, I don't think so. Like there wasn't like a direct like. Well, they didn't run. The, yeah, they didn't run the same offense. I mean, Frank. Yeah, Reich that's what I kind of. Yeah, I. I more like about. the Andy Reid. Yeah, the Andy Reid tree. So yeah, in that in that regard, for sure. Um, yeah, it was kind of like because when you know the the coordinators are brought in, essentially, I mean, God, what 75, 80, 90 percent of the time, you know, it's their guys that have either worked in that offense, they have a connection to, and I think I have to go back and look at the rest of the Panther staff, but I think I, I read something like an article or something that stated like this, like there was just no connection, like direct connection. It was all like you're saying, like hand picked. But there wasn't like it wasn't like Frank Reich was picking from you know the the well, Andy Reid tree or the you know the owner David Tepper was the one who basically stepped in when he was hiring his staff and basically said we want you to go outside of your comfort zone. Yes, that's yeah. I bet you that's what it, yeah, yeah that's why I, I think it was yeah. So in in that I mean to me like I don't know man I just it just feels like 
like it feels like they were always leaning down a certain road. I will, I will admit, I will fully admit that the Greg Roman thing kind of threw me off a little bit just because he was such a far departure. But again, I mean, if we're looking at this at face value, right, it's kind of the same exact concept as, you know, them bringing Cliff Kingsbury. Like Cliff Kingsbury doesn't run a similar offense to any of the Shanahan style stuff. Like that was very clearly a Caleb Williams saying, I think you could argue that Greg Roman, considering his background and considering his words about Justin Fields early on this season, like that was very clearly a, okay, you know, you really like Justin Fields. You think we should keep him what would your plan be the same way that, you know, bringing in Cliff Kingsbury is getting some, you know, getting some Intel on Caleb Williams and also, okay, you really like Caleb Williams. He was handpicked to, you know, you were handpicked to work with him. So what do you think would be the best way, you know, you know, what, what do you think would be the best offense? What do you think the best, you know, stuff like that. So it's just, I don't know, man. I just, it just seems like, it just seems like we're, like we're we're in that time where we're just trying to read into anything possible. Um, when in all reality, I mean, what was it? Six of the nine candidates came with with uh, you know the, the the same type of offensive uh, the offensive tree. You know, yeah, pretty much ended all there, and we'll get into some offseason work. So, where can everyone follow you, um, Aaron? And where can everyone read your work? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. And make sure to check out the Bear Report for all the latest coverage on the Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach, Z-A-C-K, underscore Pearson. Please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Till next time, everyone, please stay safe. Please stay healthy. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.